You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 45. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the show, welcome. Thanks for checking it out. Glad you're here. And if it's not, well, welcome on back. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at at Jody Livingston. That's J-O-D-Y. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode you will be able to find on the show notes page over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 045. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 045. If you enjoy the show, I would appreciate very much if you would head over to iTunes write and leave a review there, as many of you have. Super encouraging for me. Helps others uh, see the value in the show, recognize that there is value in the show. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the show so that you get every episode as they come out and you don't miss them along the way. I am uh, really excited about today's topic, today's interview, and today's guest. Um, Today, I think it's something that's Really, really important for us. I feel like I say that every episode, and I'm sure I do. Um, But the topic today is really something that we are seeing more and more of, not just in youth ministry, but as a culture, certainly in churches. And it will drastically have an effect on how we do ministry, how we teach, um, how we preach to our students, and uh, really our approach in reaching and ministering to students and families as a whole. So I think it's really, really important for us I'm excited for us to jump in to that today. Let me, let me say a couple things here before we get to that. First of all, if you are listening to this episode on its release date, then you need to know that there is a giveaway on thelongerhall.com right now. I'm giving away our friends at Lifeway uh, Student Ministries uh, are giving away a year's membership to the Student Pastor Network, which is huge. It's a $350 value, tons of training, Tons of resources there uh, for you um, that's available to you. And so if you can, you head over to longerhall.com slash studentpastornetwork, you can enter to win there on the giveaway. So make sure you do that. Once you enter, you will get a link that you can share there, uh, which will give you more entries to win. So keep on entering. I hope you win. It's a really cool resource by them. Tons and tons of, of things they're available for you, that they're making available for you as a part of the Student Pastor Network. And you don't have to win to be a part of that. So either way, head over and check that out. I'll have a link in the show notes so that you can go and look specifically at the Student Pastor Network and all that's offered there. Really, really impressive and really, really cool resources from a great team of folks who deeply care about youth ministry and uh, want to see youth pastors and youth leaders succeed. So make sure you jump over and do that for sure. Uh, well, with all that said, we'll jump in here to today's interview. Uh, today's interview is with Colby Milton. 
Uh, he is with youthministrymedia.com. And uh, man, I hope you've got something to write with. Lots of good stuff today that comes out on this. I know for me, really encouraging, really challenging. I hope it will be the same for you. So with all of that said and all that out of the way, we'll jump in here to today's interview with Colby Milton from youthministrymedia.com. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey, Colby, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do it today. Um, I know you're a busy guy, as we all are. And uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for you to come on and share with the audience today, for sure. Um, hey, take a minute, just for those who aren't familiar with you, and maybe uh, just introduce yourself, a little bit of your background, how you ended up in youth ministry, and, and kind of what you're doing now. Cool, yeah. So I've been doing youth ministry for about 10 years. Um, I'm located in Canada, in British Columbia, and I... Uh, one of my youth pastors when I was a kid, when I grew up in youth ministry, called me out and said, hey, you should be youth pastor. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Um, so I did Bible college, and I went and I interned with him for about three and a half years. And I uh, continued on in different churches. And and I'm a writer and owner of youthministrymedia.com or .ca. And just kind of one of the ways I kind of got into this weird blogging world in youth ministry was just through like a course. So I was able to teach at my seminary. And um, my my friends were like, hey, you should, you should teach this course because you love technology on um, how to communicate in a digital world. And I was like, oh, it's kind of interesting. And so I all I did was I just wrote a simple ebook. And I went there and I taught it. And the, what happens is when, I think when I teach technology to to youth pastors or pastors in general, it's like, hey, can you come and build me a website? Always <laughs> afterwards. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't build you a website. I can't manage your Facebook page. I can't you know, create your Instagram account or Twitter account. I can't do any of that stuff. But what I can do, though, is I can teach you some simple tools um, to communicate effectively um, and simply on these platforms. So that's why I built this whole thing. And what the weirdest thing happened um, in this this world that we live in, um, this digital world, was that people from all over the world were starting to hit my, my website. And um, it was kind of really humbling and really kind of, you know, eye-opening of like, okay, there's a bigger thing here than just my little corner of the world yeah. and just my friends. And it just was like really kind of caught me off guard and it just kind of really, um, blew up in, in a good way. Like I was able to connect with friends, um, from all over the world. Um, you know, as a part of a group, uh, youthmin.org for a while. And yeah. I just love, yeah. I love what they're, what they're doing. I love the resources they're creating. I love just, I love this collaboration that we have in the youth ministry world. So it's such a cool, unique thing. So that's how I kind of got into blogging. Um, I've been married for about 12 years. My wife's an ER nurse. Um, and oh, I, I bet tr- that comes in really handy in youth ministry. <laughs> yeah. No, it just ter- terrifies her. She's like, you guys are doing <laughs> unsafe things. <laughs> so I have three little kids. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old. Cool. So it's a, I have a boy and two girls. And um, I just love being a dad and doing ministry. And it's a fun season that we're in. So that's kind of a little bit about who I am. Yeah. We, it's yeah. funny, we took, so we have a parent, well, we have a, a few parents um, that that go, that like we do a ski trip every year and there's a few parents that that's their thing. You know, they, my leaders, yes, but I've got a few parents that are like, no, I'm going. So we've got, we have a, a parent who's a, an ER physician. And so we thought, this is great. We definitely need an ER physician on a ski trip. And uh, so he went with us 
And literally the only person that got hurt on the ski trip was him. And he like, <laughs> he totally wiped out, broke his ribs. Like it was, oh my it was crazy. And so he's yeah. not, he's not allowed to come on ski trips anymore. Um, yeah. Like my wife loves doing camp stuff, like going to camp in the summer, yeah. but like youth events, she's like, I'm out. It's just so like, <laughs> you know, and then we don't do like crazy stuff. Like, sure. Oh like, yeah. Like old youth ministry, but I'll never forget the first event I took my wife to, um, when I was in like in, in Vancouver and uh, we had this big like mud fest event and there's like this big <laughs> mud pit and all these youth pastors were together and we got all these youth groups of like hundreds and hundreds of kids. And so she was like the nurse there, oh, the first aid person. In the first five minutes, a kid ran around and the head to head hit. Oh, no. And she was like, yeah, I'm never doing this ever again. <laughs> oh, so I was like, okay. Uh, so we've been, she'll come to like retreats or um, if we do things like um, missions trips. We love to have her there when she, we don't have little kids in the home. But right now she's kind of just, um, just working and and helping be a yeah. mom. Yeah, oh, so, I get that. I understand that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, reaching po- Christian students in a post-Christian world. Um, I think that's something that every student ministry is having to deal with and face, regardless of where they are and the size they are. I know it's something that you're we deal with on a consistent basis. Um, we're, of course, we're here in, you know, in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. And so it's an extremely diverse area for us, but even in a rural area, you know, it's, it's changing. The landscape of, of the world is changing. Culture is changing. The church is changing. Um, how we are having to relate mm-hmm. to students and to reach them, um, is changing. And I feel like to a certain degree, um, a lot of student ministry isn't necessarily changing to to be as effective as it can be. Now, there, I mean, there's some things yeah. that are. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that youth ministry is not being effective, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's there's certainly things that we could do better at. Totally. And yeah, have, I agree. And we have a tendency to overcomplicate things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I think one of the best resources I've ever seen um, in the last little while is this book called Youth Ministry in a Post Christian World. A Hopeful yep. Wake Up Call by Brock Morgan. Um, I talk about this in a blog article I wrote about a week ago. And um, it just, I think one of the things for me, which when I reach unchurched kids, uh, kids who are, grew up in a post-Christian world, um, some of them I feel like I have an advantage, um, not because I'm just like super special, it's just because I was raised in a post-Christian home. So we never went to church as a kid. I don't remember. Like my first church experience was like, really probably in grade nine or grade 10. And I was terrified. Um, I thought, you know, I grew up as a kid, never hearing about um, Christmas as Jesus' birth. It was about Santa Claus. It was about getting gifts. It was about me. It was about um, Easter. It was never really about Christ's death and resurrection. It was about, again, an Easter bunny, treats, yeah. um, eating good food. So for me, like, I never heard biblical stories really when as a kid. Like, I remember once one time as a kid, this person, I was went over to their house to get, to get babysat. And uh, really, they introduced this like David and Goliath story, these like old like cartoons. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, I had <laughs> right, no idea. Yeah, like, yeah. This was this was crazy to me. And so um, when I became a Christian, a lot of Christians would like use this language of these stories that they learned as kids. And I had no idea. And so when I went to Bible college, um, I was like terrified. Because when the professor would talk about something, I knew nothing about the Bible, like nothing. And so we're talking, like they're introducing stories, and I'm like, that happened, right? right and right. my friends are like, 
my friends are like, how do you not know that? I'm like, well, my family aren't, they don't know Jesus. Like, they're not Christian. So, so it's been interesting. So my journey in the church, working in the church, um, we, have this, we have a lot of kids that come to, our, to my church that, that don't have any church background. So they're unchurched, um, yeah. which is cool. And so when we talk about the gospel, we talk about Jesus, we talk about anything, uh, it's a really unique opportunity because there's just a complete blank slate. You know, there's like, they don't know, they know nothing, no stories. So kind of one of the challenges when I, I'm training interns in my, in my context, in my church, and um, these guys come with us um, for about three and a half years and they get their master's degree. And so it's a cool program where it's like a, it's a cohort program where they're actually, they're doing ministry, but they're also learning about ministry and, and writing about it. And so a lot of times when these younger guys who are like um, teaching in a junior high setting or senior high setting with this group. I think the tendency is for us to add all this extra information, right? You know, like to add like a story. So you like you preach it on a text, and then you get to like the story, and you just add in another story, right? In the Bible, and these kids have no idea, or right? Say, like you remember, like he, he when... walked in water. What? Like, yeah. you know, what I mean, like they don't they don't know these stories. We're assuming they know them. Like half our group know these stories. A lot of them don't. They know they know nothing. Actually, a lot of our Christian kids know almost nothing about the Bible. Right. Oh which, yeah. You know, which, which surprises me, but I think it's just one of those things where, um, when you're when you're communicating clearly, it has to be really simple. Right. You have to like do story at a time and unpack everything. Like when we're talking about, yeah, any kind of Christian word, we have to unpack it, and it takes time to unpack what that word means and and just kind of explaining to these kids why we believe what we believe. So it's been really helpful. Like Andy Stanley has a lot of helpful stuff that we've walked through on this this context of, of reaching unchurched kids, um, and families. But in, the, in this blog post, kind of the, the, one of the, I have like four kind of simple ways, um, of reaching these kids, which I think have been really successful for us. Um, the first thing is just preaching the gospel, yeah. right? Just knowing what the gospel is and preaching that. And, um, I think sometimes I look at my, my, uh, youth ministry days. Um, it's, it's really like this moralistic bent. Um, a lot of messages end up with like, just do this. Right. You know, it kind of it just loses like this idea that we are captivated by Christ, and because of that, we should actually be living a transformed, changed life. <laughs> that yeah. looks like we desire more about spending. We desire more time with Him, right? Spending time in prayer, in the Word. Like those are things. Like it's not about about being a better version of myself. It's about actually spending more time with this Creator who loves me and wants to know me. Like that's amazing. So I think for us, when we were communicating to students, we just want to know that this isn't about about moralism or about being religious. And that's kind of the last one of the one of the points also is beware of moralism or religious uh, attitudes that we can have. You know, I think that we're a, we're a culture that's super hypersensitive about about being this moralism, this like doing better, trying harder. And kids, I think they know that that doesn't work. Um, because I feel like a lot of times the students that I work with are so anxious and they're so stressed out and they're trying to achieve something and they realize when it comes to their faith. Yeah, it doesn't Christ, work. Christ has achieved it. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. They don't need to do anything else. Christ has done it and they just need to know who Christ is. And a part of that is just we, our desires change, our habits change when we desire him. Well, um, I, don't, I don't know what your experience has been, but what I've found is we do a lot uh, Christians as a whole, youth ministry, church, across, we, we talk about the gospel a lot, but we don't necessarily share it very clearly, very often. Um, and 
and they're not the same thing. You know, I can talk about the gospel all day long, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you understand what I'm saying. Uh, and so there's yeah, like we, what we do for our student leaders, which is like, and we, we do this for adult leaders too, which is the most terrifying thing ever is we um, get them to define the gospel. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. And which, which is awful. Like, yeah. you know, in, a, in a sense where it's like, you know, <clears throat> like uh, we have all these definitions from like Ed Stetzer had this cool blog post a while ago about like, um, I think it was years ago about defining the gospel, all these great guys like Tim Keller. And uh, I think it came out like um, when, you know, a statement by Rob Bell or yeah. something. Yeah. And it just is really articulate. I like how they, it was like a tweetable statement. And so what we've done all the time, we always do this. It's like, what is the gospel? We get them to find it. And it's really terrifying what people say the gospel is. Do you know what I mean? Like our yeah, definition. Oh, yeah. I think that's the reason why we have a hard time explaining what it is because we really can't articulate ourselves. And I right. remember when I was in seminary, one of my homiletics professors, my preaching professor, he kind of did this one assignment, which is one of the worst assignments I ever did in my whole time at seminary. And it was um, how, to, how to become a Christian. So I had to preach how to become a Christian. Wow. And uh, it was awful. It was like my first crack at it was like so vague and so like, you know, and he was like, what does that even mean? I was like, okay, what, what do you mean by that? Like, and so I unpacked <laughs> it. And it ended up being this really awesome thing that I've used for years in my ministry. And I've seen, you know, tons and tons of kids come to Christ by this, this simple mechanism that I wrote out. And it was really helpful to, to articulate my faith. Right? So it just yeah. really helped um, me kind of have like a, rail, like a rail to kind of run on to communicate to kids of like, here's how, here's how you become a Christian. You know, but this is like this one-time act. It's like this continuous process. Like it's just, it was really, really helpful for me to kind of write it out. And I do that with my my interns also all the time. Is like, how do you, you know, when we're doing like a gospel presentation to someone, right? When we're preaching the gospel, yeah. what does that yeah. mean to them? How do they actually accept that? How do they actually desire more of that every day? So I think you know what it comes down to that the next part is just living out what we say, right? Like when yeah. I tell students that I need Jesus, you know, like. I need Jesus as much as you need Jesus, right? This isn't like be like Holby. This is actually like I need Christ because I'm a broken, messed up person and I need Jesus all the time, you right. know? And so when I, when I disciple kids um, and there's major things that come up, especially in like a post-Christian world, I'm like, yeah, you know, I struggle with that too. Sure. But I think it's it's not shock and awe. It's just like there's this element of like, okay, I'm a flawed person just like you, you know, with my kids, with my time, with my family, with, with all these things, these are moments where it's like, I am not a perfect person. And I want my life to be like this. Like, I'm not trying to be a superhero of my life. Right. You know, Jesus is. And so I think that's for me, I just feel really convicted on, you know, students, they have this great like BS gauge. Like they know when someone's faking it, they know when like, Hey, yeah, I know you're saying this, but I really know you don't live it. They know. Oh, yeah, right? sure. That's they do. the power when you preach the gospel. It's like they know that you really don't believe this. Like they're like, okay, you don't really actually live this out. You don't live what you're saying out. You don't believe what you're saying, and that's why it's really not impacting the students. But when you actually say you, you're really impacted, or you're sharing stories about how you're impacted by this, they know it. They know your heart. Yeah. Right. Because they live in a culture that's just fake news everywhere. Like everything's fake. Nothing's real. And they're trying to like sift through our culture and say what is really real. And, and for me, I'm hoping that the thing they know that's the most real in my life is my faith. Well, at the very least, they are coming from a position of skepticism yeah. by default. So 
you know, even if I, I think maybe even if you are authentically living that out, they're going to have to see that proved over time before totally. they really begin to take root. And really, I think what, what we're saying is, or what you're saying is like, we have to be consistently presenting and preaching the gospel clearly, mm-hmm. at, really as an overflow of our life. And so that the, our preaching and teaching isn't so much about the academics of the study and what we bring to the table there, but as much as how we point everything that we're doing back towards the gospel consistently. Totally. And I, and I like my biggest challenge, like I've used a lot of curriculum. Like I like using curriculum sometimes in my youth group and, um, a lot of the best, like, or the biggest youth ministries, or the, you know, which are awesome. They come to like California or like in that Atlanta area. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, which I'm so grateful for and thankful for. But I think sometimes like there's like this, this Christian mindset that gets written down. You know that that yeah. kids. No, yeah, ass- you're right. It's, we're assuming that kids know so much about God yeah. and the Bible. Really, they know. Nothing. Nothing. And so we're not, I just feel like we just need to explain way better, you know, explain really clearly on, on why we believe what we believe and what this actual passage says. And I remember a few weeks ago, one of my, my interns, uh, he preached, he preached a great, actually maybe months ago, great sermon, but he was all over the place. I think in his undergrad, he learned that, you know, you just add scripture verses to everything. Right. You know, you're just like throwing this stuff down. What happens is kids are like, I don't even know any of that. Right. Well, <laughs> so I'll give you an example of what that looks like. So uh, we just, uh, we just, so we're, we're recording this just past Easter. Okay. And so uh, at, at our Easter services, um, our children's pastor, we just hired a new children's pastor a few months ago. And so he is in the children's worship there and they break up into small groups and they're discussing it. So he's got leaders breaking up with, uh, in smaller groups of these kids and talking through. And, and that particular day, Easter, of course, you're, I mean, that's, they're hammering le- the gospel as clearly as they can yeah. as far as what Christ has done. And uh, Jesus, you know, so the leader sits down and they start talking about, okay, Jesus dying on the cross and being crucified and stuff. And this kid who's a fifth, fifth grader says, I think I saw that in a movie one time. I think I've heard of that. And the leader, you know, the children's <laughs> pastor was telling me, the leader was just like so taken back, like didn't even quite know how to respond. And every other kid in the group is like, how do you, what? Like, how can you not know that? Totally. You know? Yeah. And we're seeing that a lot in student ministry. And I see that a ton with our college students. Yeah. It is, um, it's just, there's just, we, I, I think, and I wrote about this a while ago um, on the longer hall is, when we're teaching students and talking to students, we can't assume they know anything. And, yeah. and the biggest disservice we do to our, our church kids and our unchurched kids is assume that they know. And we miss a huge opportunity. Totally. Uh, well, I, th- I think it's sometimes I feel like it's like a, an element of laziness. Like when I'm preparing a message, I'm like, okay, just throw a verse in here or a passage in there without actually like thinking, okay, they know nothing. Right. It just state one passage and unpack that. You know, without adding all these other things onto it. So I yeah, think yeah. for us, like, there's a, a major mission field, um, which is right next door. Yeah. You know, and That's I think so for good. me, that was that was me. Like, I grew up in a home that, that never talked about God. Um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, and I, my mom was amazing. She's so fantastic. And I was like, you know, someone told me I was going to hell when I was a little kid. And I was like, what? 
what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> and so I went home. I was like, Mom, like I think I think we're going to hell. And she's like, Wow. What? <laughs> she's like, She's like, No, you know, like we're good people. Like we're going to go into heaven, you know. And I was like, Okay, cool. Like, yeah, you know, that was my that was my idea of, of who God was back then. And so, you know, these people these people in my high school in this smaller town got to know my story and who I was, and it changed me. Yeah. You know, like, actually, like, cared enough about me to be present, to listen, to not see me as a project. Um, and they just, they wanted to know me. And it, it was, like, such a crazy thing that all it took was them saying, like, hey, who are you? Yeah. Two of the you most know, powerful like, questions. And we train our, our leaders and interns on this and even our students are, what is your name and what is your story? Totally. Um, yeah. And, we, man, I cannot tell you how many just amazing, profound uh, raw and honest conversations we have through those two questions. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think for, for us, like, you know, a lot of times when we're dealing with an issue, whatever that issue is, um, you know, like with kids, kids being crazy on a youth night or, um, being disrespectful or, or whatever it is. Um, we ask the question, what's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then we find out, okay, wow, their parents just got divorced Yeah, or their grandma's dying. Or so we hear that and this is like this is our filter now, which wasn't probably years ago, um, but just the lens where we see them these students through is like there's so much brokenness, and when we know their story, it's so much easier to have a more empathy for them and say, okay, wow, like, you know, we we love you, we're glad you're here. Yeah, we can actually speak in their life because we actually know a bit of their story, but I think it's a lot of times like we just focus on like behavior, right? Oh, like you're not absolutely. behaving in a certain way. Stop, stop doing that. Stop punching a hole in the wall or stop writing on this or stop tagging this or stop. Uh, we go on and on and on. But I think it's just like once we know their story, it's like, wow, this is really tragic. Yeah. And how can we pray for you? And how can we pray for your mom and your dad? And that's when we are able to actually reach these students. Well, it, it, you're right. It's easier to focus on the morality of it, right? In the, in the action, like here's what to do. It's mm. just real authentic discipleship is messy, man. And exhausting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I had a student at my house last night. I'm out, you know, I get a text message from a student, and I know this student, their story, man, they, they really struggle a lot with depression, anxiety, and have struggled mm -hmm. with some suicide stuff in the past. And just, uh, hey, I just need a place to hang tonight. Can I come over for a bit? You know, and so, yeah, for an hour and a half, we're just sitting on the couch watching mystery science theater theater 3000 on netflix you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and just making fun of it and and that's it and through yeah. the but in that process man the conversations that that's happening that he doesn't realize and that i didn't intend are just happening yeah you know? the, the coolest thing man this is you know i think what's reaching students who are who are unchurched who are post-christian um is that they're watching you know, in a, in a social media world, which I think is such a powerful thing, um, the way we communicate on Facebook or yeah. Instagram, Twitter or Snapchat, the way we communicate on all these different platforms, like students are watching and they're actually able to get like kind of a front row seat into like your ministry or my ministry is so amazing. I love that. It's so powerful that they get to see what we do yeah. without ever stepping in the door. Like we get kids all the time. From different parts of our community hey i saw so and so my friends go to this group can i come right and they have no right. church background that's why they're asking like is this like an exclusive club <laughs> that's like, awesome no, no 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 you can come but it's like they've seen it because of instagram stories or they've seen it because 
you know, our posts on Instagram or our live feed on, on Facebook or whatever we do, like they'll see these, these elements of our ministry and go, Whoa, this looks really yeah. different than so, what, I've, what I've seen. Uh, so let me ask in regards to that, like, l- let me specifically say, let's, let me paint a scenario. Let's say that you are a volunteer or part-time youth pastor, youth worker mm-hmm. in a small town and it's you and, and whatever parents or volunteers you can muster to come around you. You don't really have a ton of extra time because you're working a full-time job yeah. and doing this. Where where would you suggest in regards to social media and that kind of presence? Where, I mean, where do you where do you start? What's like the strategy? It, yeah, and I always say, like, usually I say to stick to three, no matter who you are. Um, no matter who you are, if you're full-time paid, uh, part-time, if you're a volunteer, I think, like, if you're doing more than three, don't. Yeah. Um, like three accounts. Like, so a lot of times for us, what we do is we do, um, Instagram, Facebook, and we'd like text messages out. Yeah. And so those are just way, ways to like, we communicate on Facebook for parents mainly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we right. communicate on Instagram for students, Instagram stories. It's a, gets a lot of traction on there. Uh, we don't do Snapchat just cause we've had lots of problems in the past with, yep. um, just like kids getting just destroyed on snapchat yeah we're the um, same we don't we don't touch it right with, now with like sexting stuff and it's just been yeah i've counseled for you kids for years on yeah just yeah. A horrible horrible situation so i'm like okay i'm not gonna do that then we also send a text message out um to students and parents it's just a simple way like hey this is what's going on this week or this is what's happening and, and just those three simple ways which get a lot of traction on that and so that's all we communicate and so um a lot of times it looks for us, like we Instagram out like a, an image right. for that night. And then we do stories that night. Uh, Facebook, we'll Facebook out like all the games we're playing that night. Um, That's cool. We'll, we'll send a text message out to simple like, hey, bam, see you later. You know, or hey, here's like a simple like um, Starbucks card at the location. Go find it. Like those are kind of simple things we'll do just to get some traction, but also get people aware of, um, of our feed and of our of our information. It's not just like spam right. mail all the time, you know, like, so yeah, we want yeah, them to yeah. actually good. value the communication. And is that something, I mean, but is I that something that you think if you're not super tech savvy, I mean, that's something that you could probably get an older student to help you with. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I would, You'd, I, I mean, it'd have to be account. for your Instagram account. I just pass it off. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, you, want, you want a certain kind of quality. That's my, my thing always is like, I want a certain type of quality to it, but like the coolest thing is like I'd get like a student, um, grade 10, 11, 12, I would even go down and just like give it to them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Hey, here you go. Like own it, yeah. you know? And, and they'll kill but also it. like, have, yeah, like have the access stuff for yourself too, just to kind of make sure it's, it's being managed. Okay. But I think it's just, there's an element of quality that I want to, I want to keep it on all my accounts. I just don't want them to see, like seem so disconnected. I want yeah. them to look very similar. That's just my, Maybe my OCD thing, but I, just, I like it to look a certain way. But I think it's a big challenge in social media is that it cannot, it cannot be completely different. Right. Yeah. Across, they all have to, to look be similar. Cohesive. Yeah. It needs to be like similar to what you're communicating across the, across the board, but yeah, give it away, give it away to like a, you know, a, a college student. Um, yeah. Like I try to give away as much stuff as possible. Yeah. That's what we have. We have, you know, we have students who run ours. I mean, I do, I'll post on there some, but we have, we have like a, a group of students that kind of help manage and run that, which has been totally. great. I think, 
the, the biggest challenge for me is like we live in a culture where everything's so hypersensitive with like bullying and um, different stuff that even some of our Instagram stuff, like even doing like a simple like boomerang. Yeah. And uh, so like I was making fun of my sister. Right? right. Okay. Like, okay, shoot. We weren't trying to do that. You know, like, so I think it just. Yeah. There's it, some, so you got to give some instruction there and. Yeah. And then you have to remind them to, to switch back accounts. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Don't you? That's, that happens sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd say don't try to do it all. Like just try to do yeah. a couple things really well. And, um, but I do pass. think, I mean, I think, I don't think we're at a place anymore where you can ignore social media as far as its effectiveness for ministry, especially when you're talking about reaching unchurched. Yeah. Well, like when I, I teach a, a seminar on a reaching or communicating a digital world still. And every time I do, you know, it's the, the freakiest thing happens is that there's always people, I don't know why they're there in this room, <laughs> but they're like, I don't want to. Yeah. Then I don't, I don't want to communicate on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. I'm like, why are you here? Like, I don't even know why, like, why? Like, yeah, you but have they're to, at man. me. They're, they're at me because they're, they know they have to change, but they don't want to change. Yeah. Every time I teach it, every single time, there's always one person at least who's like, I think this is stupid. You know, we need to communicate more face to face. Yes, we do. But yeah. social media extends that relationship further than it's ever been before. Yeah, just so to. great. It's amazing. It's, it doesn't matter. And that's the coolest thing about it right now is it doesn't matter the size of your ministry. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter the size of your budget. I mean, you can literally reach. There, there's no limit to the extent of your reach through that. Oh, yeah. And no, like in this like in this simple thing, like we just photo booth thing we just built and I, I wrote on it uh, yesterday. Today. Yeah. Yeah. I got super um, distracted reading that this morning. Thanks. Yeah. And simple way of like we just throw images up on Facebook and it gets us a ton of traction. Yeah. Right. So like it, and so we have good. it printed off. The kids can access the, the photos. But again, it's just a simple way to drive um, people to our page, yeah. to what we're actually doing. And so it, it allows families to see it grandparents to see it it's such a cool way like it, it gives us like an exposure in our community of what we're actually doing as a church yeah i love it which is amazing it's it's i think it's a cool spot to be in for social media that we have a, an opportunity to actually uh reach and impact students that would never ever ever come in our door yeah you I, know they would never step in our on our on our doorstep on our campus they would never step foot anywhere near a church, but they would love to check it out online and see what we do through Instagram. And then when their friend says, Hey, you should come with me. And they say, okay, cool. I think I, I think I know what's going on there. It's not weird. It's not creepy. I want to check it out. Yeah. And they'll do it. They'll check it out for a while before they even decide to come. Oh, totally. Yeah. They'll check it out for a long time. Yeah. So I just want to kind of come run back and make sure I'm not missing anything here as far as what we talked about. So we're talking about preaching the gospel consistently and clearly. Yeah, living out kind of what we're saying, whatever you preach, you live. Getting to know students and hearing their stories, and then yeah. steering away from kind of a moralism approach. Yeah, I think those are the big, those are the big four areas. I think are when you're trying to reach post-Christian students, that's a big, uh, yeah. four big kind of pillars that we kind of we want to stay away from. Yeah, and where, and, where we want to we want to, we want to stay away from moralism. We want to live out the gospel. We want to. We want to preach the gospel. We want to actually get to know students, their names, their stories, who they are. I think it's just really the simple way of actually reaching students who have no no church background. Yeah, and be patient. 
be patient. Yes, that's, that should be the fifth one. <laughs> because mercy. It, it, yeah, so lots and lots you of You can patience. write that one, and I'll share it. Okay? <laughs> I'll update. Patience. Uh, that's good. So, uh, man, that's great. How, if folks want to find you outside of this, what's the best way, way for them to connect with you? Yeah, the, the best way to connect is just on our website, youthministrymedia.ca or .com, okay. both of those domains. Um, and I have, like, articles on there that would hopefully be helpful uh, to, to volunteer youth workers or to part-time youth workers or full-time. And um, I also have, like, a store um, you can buy resources with. And um, we're trying to give away resources, which has been really slow right now, but we're trying to give away one resource every week cool. um, to help youth workers do what they do better. And yeah. so. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a, man, it is a great site. Super helpful. I highly encourage everybody to go check it out um, cool. for sure. And um, Colby's a pretty smart guy. So he's lots of wisdom to share. Any, any resource you throw? I know you mentioned the book earlier. Um, yeah. Um, one resource I've been using recently, which isn't like digital, um, is this thing called a nomadic calendar journal. And uh, it just is a simple like day timer. I think sometimes for me, like I'm a big advocate of like a moleskin planner. And this is like a, it's kind of like that, but it's better. It's called, it's the nomadic journal calendar. I wrote an article on it a while ago. And it's just really helpful. It gives like a month breakdown. It gives a week breakdown. It gives like an hourly breakdown of your schedule. Um, and so for me, it's just a simple way. Like, again, I've, my wife's working almost full time. I'm working full time. I've three little kids. I need to be like on point. Yeah. My schedule. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's like, there's not a lot of like free time in my schedule right now. One day there will, there will be. Um, so that means like when I block my time, I gotta like be very precise on, um, you know, like in this calendar, the best thing about like a week, it's like, I can actually plot in like, okay, on my Mondays, it's like sermon prep day. Bam. Yeah. Do that. Tuesday, it's like my youth night. Everything's about prep, youth prep, sermon prep again before the night happens. Like, you know, and then I can start like Wednesday, I'm prepping for the next week. Uh, and then, so I just like, those are things where I can check off at the end of the day. It's like, did I focus on this one task that the whole day needed? Yeah. Because I think for, I don't know about you, but a lot of times my day gets filled up with a lot of like different things, like a lot of different questions get asked yep. for my time. Like, I can't, I can't do all this stuff because I need to be focused. And so this, this thing really helped me um, for Christmas. I'm going to give all my friends and all my coworkers this. This is like the the gift that they're going to get. It's a, cool. a great little calendar. And it's just an organizational tool that I think has really uh, changed the way I, I work in my, my work week and just prioritizing my time. And so every Sunday I'll just sit down and I'll just block out my whole week. That's awesome. And, uh, no, I think simple. that's super helpful, super practical. I love it. And I'm yeah, a, man, I have so many moleskin journals. I'm I like hoard those things, but I don't ever really write a lot in them to be honest because I, I it's they're just I'm afraid of messing them up you know like what if I it's so stupid I, I do write in them but I collect a lot more than I feel. Yeah, and the thing about like this calendar this calendar journal um, booklet is just like there's like there's three big goals you can you can focus on and so I have like I have big goals that I've, I want to achieve at the end of the year and I think sometimes like. We have these great ideas that we want to achieve, but we just we forget about them, yeah. or we let these like these many these trivial few things kind of crowd out just this really important task we should be doing. And so for me, I just need to be always focused on what's the most important thing and do that thing really well. Yeah. And that sometimes means like when I'm a staffing, I gotta say no to some things, and that's why I have this calendar there because it shows me, oh yeah, 
I got to do this better, which means I have to say no to something. And maybe I really want to do, but I shouldn't do that to do this thing really exceptionally well. That's great. So that's one of the best resources I've seen in a while. My father-in-law bought it for me for my birthday. And, um, it's a, it's a great little, you know, it's like a half moleskin, half calendar. Sweet. And, um, yeah. yeah, I'll check it out for sure. I love that. I love that. Calendar. Cool. And I'll write in this one. Well, cool. We'll be sure to put links to all that, um, in the show notes page for everybody so they can go grab them again, man. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll have to do it again sometime. Maybe we come and talk, uh, talk more about just the use of social media. Be good. That's great. Cool. All right, man. We'll catch you later. All right. right, Bye. Bye. And there you have it, man. I just appreciate so much, uh, Colby's heart for equipping, um, youth pastors and really just reaching teens, particularly those outside the church. And, um, man, what a cool thing. If you've not checked out youthministrymedia.com, uh, I highly recommend you head over and do that. Great, great resources there. He has available for you, regardless of kind of your circumstance or your budget or your context. So, Head over there and check that out. Again, all of the links and the resources that we mentioned here today in this will be at thelongerhall.com slash episode 045. Thelongerhall.com slash episode 045. Also, make sure to head over and enter to win the giveaway for the Student Pastor Network membership. And that is at thelongerhall.com slash network. You can head over and jump in the giveaway there to win that, and I hope you do. Uh, lastly, just a just a reminder to subscribe to the show so that you get all of these episodes as they come out, whether that is uh, through iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast player is. You can actually find um, all of the ways to do that at thelongerhall.com itself. We've made that real easy for you. Lots of links there um, so you can do that. And if you're enjoying the show and you enjoy what you find on thelongerhall.com, um, I would ask you to consider supporting the show so uh, we can keep on keeping on. And you can do that. Lots of cool rewards for uh, for that, for people who support. You can be co-executive producer of the show and uh, get some, some free goodies uh, also. And that's at thelongerhall.com slash support. All of that is at thelongerhall.com. So you can head over there and do that and that will do it for today i believe and so uh man until next time give him jesus thanks for listening to the longer hall youth ministry podcast at www.thelongerhall.com